listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Chapman. I am currently here. Oh, you're really sticking with that as a catchphrase. Yeah, huh? it's starting to become a catchphrase. Uh, I like wasn't, it I like it most because nobody can disprove it. Weren't you supposed to also say that you exist or something? Yeah, I, 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 I technically exist, and you can't prove that to be false is also a catchphrase that I sometimes use. Yeah, that's true. Can't prove it to be true either. Well, guys, I got some good news and some bad news for you, listeners. Here's the thing. I blew it! Been, nah, we, we took a week off a while ago, <laughs> and, you know, we did, some, we did some background work, created a list of comic book movies, started penciling in guests that we thought would be good for it, planned ahead, set up our next movie... Kind of, sort of, forgot to tell the guest super in advance. So the guest we thought we had lined up wasn't able to do it. So we're not going to be able to watch Art School Confidential this week. Uh, But next week, it'll be there, we promise. And in the meantime, though, Ben, what's our plan? Well, since this movie particularly... I really wanted this guest to be on, so I decided we decided obviously to not just do it anyway, like we've done before with other films. Uh, even though everyone enjoys the dulcet tones of two white guys talking about comic book fiction films, um, we decided to uh, bring back the second episode of our side project, the pilot project, and talk to you about what's happening in the world of superhero television. And by talk to you about it, don't turn off the podcast. I don't mean the thing we do with the news that's boring and you don't like. I mean the thing where we talk about the pilot episode of one of these popular superhero television shows. So we started last uh, two weeks ago when we fucked up with a guest. And uh, we did um, Gotham. Gotham. Yeah, thank you. I just forgot the name of the show for a second. The Batman serial that uh, we generally didn't think was that great. We did not enjoy it that much. Uh our our good friend and uh, one-time guest so far, Todd of Basement Fodder Podcast, said that he was shocked that you thought that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith was doing an okay job. I stand by my comment about her adequacy in her performance. <laughs> well, there's a chance we'll never see Todd on this podcast again out of <laughs> anger for your statement. I told him I wanted to just start watching every episode and make him be on the show, and he told me we wouldn't be friends anymore. Whoa! So I guess I have that backup in case I ever decide I don't like him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you have like a like the kind of thing that Batman has about every uh, Avenger? Yeah. Or every uh, member of the Justice, Justice League? League? Yeah, I yeah. have a plan to get rid of every one of my friends if need be. You have a social destruction plan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's good to hear. I mean, you don't? That's weird. I should start writing one. Uh, you think. really should, bro. Yeah. You're going to have a harder time because you are legally bound to another human being. So that is... Hmm. That's a sticky witchet. Plus, I guess you could actually love her or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really understand human emotions. Uh, but... <laughs> the title of your autobiography... Yeah, I don't understand human emotions, the Pogue story. Uh, this week we we sat down and we thought, we watched a DC show last week, let's watch one of the Marvel shows. So we sat down with ABC's classic, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This was an interesting one because, uh, as we've talked in the previous episodes, we're sort of big fans of the MCU, more or less. Um, we call it going pretty well so far. We give, we give it a, a sort of wobbly thumbs up. Uh, uh, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seemed like it would be up my alley when I first heard about it, but I don't know, something about the ABC title and something about just the trailer just turned me off. And then the reviews came out, and although I can say I didn't read any of them thoroughly, 
I got the vibe that it wasn't like a smash out hit from the start. No, and to our astute listeners who are not Ben, you will recall that I have said on a couple of the podcasts that I enjoy Agents of Shield, but that I have a hard time recommending it to people because I find the first season to be not it's a very boring season the show doesn't really pick up to like the very end of season one and then into season two when they really start tying everything into the mcu and for me up until this episode i had never seen it so there you go guys this episode maybe it's time you take a look this is available on netflix uh the entire seasons one two and three so if you watch it and you like it i recommend skipping like the first 15 episodes because they're kind of pointless 15 you're gonna that high Oh, yeah. Uh, we can get into that as we go on and talk about the show. I mean, that the you can tell in this the first episode they're setting up, like, all the characters. And in, like, a very, like, screenwriting 101, the first six episodes are just this episode again. Like, each character has the exact same motivation, the exact, like, you know, they tell you, I don't know, maybe you don't know this. Uh, <laughs> when people write TV shows, they always tell you that the first six episodes of a show... All the characters should, ha- like, their trait should just be continually, ha- like, rehashed. Because you're going to get people who are going to start watching the show in those first six episodes. You may have missed the original episodes. So if you have a character who's supposed to be real gruff, he has to be obnoxious the entire first six episodes before he can change his character. Because they need to set all that up. So this show really follows that. A lot of the first six episodes are, are very similar in tone. Yeah, because something we didn't cover uh, in the first Pilot Project episode is that TV shows are a tough gamut compared to films. Because in the film, your period of setup time is significantly shorter. You're working with two hours. You're talking about, I don't know, generously about 15 minutes to a half hour is your is your is your is your push introduction here's the characters here's the lay of the land there you go with a television show you're hoping to take that it's like what eight nine seasons oh yeah and i mean the other thing you're gonna find that i think makes tv especially for these kind of shows really any show difficult is when you write for television like normal television not like you know hbo hbo yeah right you are writing for seven minute increments the show has to ramp up and leave you wanting to wait through the commercials. So every seven minutes, something big has to happen to make you want to stay. And then it has to start with that, conclude, and then ramp back up again in another seven minutes or however many, you know, the standard breakup of a show. Whereas like an HBO or Netflix, those shows work so like they work so much easier because they're writing basically an hour long movie. The show can slowly build up for the entire show till the end and it can hit it instead of having to build up to a bunch of tiny climaxes to then get you to the end of the show. So writing for TV with a superhero thing, I think is somewhat difficult because you constantly have to kind of build up, stop, build up, stop, build up, and then build up to the greater ending. And that that's where I think agents of shields first season kind of falters. And this was definitely sort of a new thing for people. You know, I don't know if there's another agents of shield like show. Uh, I think uh, Agent Carter would be in the ballpark. But that came after this. Oh, good point. So my, I guess what I'm saying is when this first started, I think they were having a hard time kind of hitting a stride because they're basically – where Gotham is supposed to be a show about Batman without Batman, even though the character who is Batman appears in the first seven minutes. Boo. Son of a bitch. So, ooh. Ooh. Who's calling Pokes? Is it Agent Coulson? I'll just leave this in now if you're going to make jokes about it. <laughs> um, 
I forgot to unplug the fucking emergency line. Uh, not, a, not an emergency line. I just really forgot to mute my phone. Yeah, anyway, you sound you sound like you have a red phone in your room. Just, yeah, I do. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, Obama called. It's the president. Post. There's, there's 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 race wars. What? I'd like to help you, sir, but I'm recording a podcast. Uh, like eight people listen to it. <laughs> sir, also, why do you sound white and you're like from the twenties? <laughs> yeah, why do you sound like a racist, uh, racial stereotype <laughs> of a white man from the south, sir? I'm I'm fairly certain you're an African American. I mean, I don't pay a lot of attention to politics. <laughs> uh, we'll just assume that whatever crisis is happening, that one of the other superheroes will will get it for me. Yeah, they'll take care of it. But I do. Uh, uh, to your point, uh, what you're getting at, I know, is not just an attempt to give you an improvised screenwriting screenwriting 101 lesson, but to to highlight the fact that we get it, that we get that that TV shows are a different format for a different audience, and they can't have the same structure as a movie. We can't ask them to have the same buildup and and nuance. The other issue with this show is, it's like I was saying, was Gotham is Batman without Batman, but it's really not. This show is the Marvel Universe without any of the characters from the Marvel Universe, except yeah. for the occasional cameo from uh, Mara Hill, Nick Fury, uh, and at one point uh, Sif from the Thor movie shows up. Okay. But for the majority of it, there are no characters from the Marvel MCU, except for Agent Coulson, the, the star of the show. He is in this. But so you're like trying to build this universe, one, on a budget of a TV show, and the special effects in this are not great, especially in the early seasons. They're real bad. The first season, I mean, it's it's not great. But you're basically like, hey, we live in a world with Iron Man. He's never going to appear. And it's so much harder than like in Daredevil because they like make a reference, but the show's not like on that bigger sense. And Daredevil's like alone. He doesn't know Tony Stark. This is a show about the agency, which deals solely with superheroes and is in all the movies. Talking yeah. To them. I kind of wish they do a thing more often where it's like someone's like, oh, Tony Stark is here. And then the camera is like behind someone who looks oh. sort of like Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, like real like 1980s. Like, yeah, phone it in. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that could work. Yeah, or just cut them reacting to shots from uh, uh, existing Marvel movies. Yeah, like, like <laughs> Mr. Stark's here and it cuts. It's like clearly an entirely different film. It's it's in the the aspect ratio for a film instead of a TV show. He's on his way over in a Humvee uh, with soldiers. <laughs> I don't... Why is it so deserty here in the middle of Manhattan? It's, it's construction zone. Hey, look, we... We just saw Captain America. He's on a barge in the middle of Manhattan's harbor fighting uh Don't look at the Leaper. Don't look over there right now in this diner that we're in, but that's Thor. He's <laughs> He's breaking cups of coffee. Breaking cups of coffee. <laughs> we're in New Mexico possibly. Anyway, back to our plot. I mean story. <laughs> I mean investigation. Yeah, how about them superheroes? <laughs> so this this uh Let's jump into it. I mean, like, yeah, this episode starts at, like many of the comic book movies we've we've tended we've done, which is with a voiceover. Voiceover, I don't care for it. Yeah, I one this voiceover, the person seems real bitchy, which we later find out it's the character Sky. She seems like kind of jerky, considering like at this point in time, this movie or this show takes place right after the events of Avengers, yeah, in which like Shield and the superheroes saved New York City from an alien invasion. Yeah, there hasn't been enough time for that 
that age old like superhero story where it's like they, you'll save their lives until they hate you. I'm like, it's been a week, guys. Maybe. Well, they love the superheroes. They hate yeah. Shield, but you really don't get the idea of like. You're like, well, technically, Shield hasn't done anything wrong right. in the Marvel Universe. They barely exist. I guess they kept Loki's scepter, which was bad. And they did try to activate the Tesseract, so maybe they are jerks. I don't know. It just seems like that stuff would be, you know, well hidden. Right. Um, but we, we come in on a voiceover, which, again, I don't like. I think it's because writers of movies and comic shows think that that's, a, like, the TV – or that's, like, the, the video media version – of like the narration text that's so common in comic books. Yes. But it's not. It doesn't well, it doesn't feel the same. It feels It's also always written like as melodramatically as oh, possible God. as if they're like setting up like a play, not like a movie. Yeah, I mean like they're like we got to build this up real quick. However, you know, Spider-Man 1 with like with everything, it starts with a girl. It's like what is yo, the fuck kind yo. of opening is this? Oh, God. And then it cuts to not about a girl. Right. Well, what I, I do enjoy with her complaining about Shield. Yeah, what I do enjoy is, and this is the case for all MCU stuff, which is why I like it so much, is I'm just big, big sucker from for world building, which is all Marvel does, uh, almost to a fault, in their films and television shows. Everything is based off of something else, so they reference the fact that, hey, superheroes are now in the limelight, aliens are now proven to exist and want to kill us uh, the whole world's different. And they set that up both in the intro and throughout some of the introduction story, which I am just all about. Are you? I am. Yeah. I think it's really neat to be like, Hey, remember that movie you guys saw? Let's just pretend that that didn't happen. I hate when stuff does that. No, they go. Yeah. I do think they do a good job. And and that's when I think the show picks up is when they really start kind of tying into what's happening in the Marvel movies. And season two deals with the whole, um, Winter Soldier storyline where S.H.I.E.L.D. turns out to be run by HYDRA. Right. And basically Coulson finds out like everybody else does and he tries to help them secure one of the many like S.H.I.E.L.D. bases and there's this whole thing where he then becomes like his own agency because S.H.I.E.L.D.'s gone and Nick Fury tasks him which this is kind of neat too they build up that Nick Fury actually tasks him with building the helicarrier that then appears at the end of Avengers 2. So there's like a small tie into the film that if you're really paying attention during the show, he's talking about how he's buying all these parts and all this stuff is happening. And you realize once you see the movie that that's what he did. He rebuilt the helicarrier. So there's there's definitely tie-ins, but that really comes later on in the show. This beginning, we get a not great special effect of a guy jumping out of a building after he saves somebody. And we find out that the, the crux of the first season is them dealing with Shatari... Uh, artifacts or whatever left behind after the invasion of new york which also straight up i had to uh google uh what the chitari were i don't remember yeah it is bizarre how often they say chitari in this this like the scene but it's said like twice in the entire avengers movie and yeah. if you're not paying attention, you would have no idea they're like referring to a group of people because the only people who talk about them are other aliens. The, yeah, they refer to them by name. They're vague aliens in the Avengers film. They don't stand out. They're not like yeah. They're, they're not like the bad guys that everyone remembers like thoroughly. Yeah, and they are literally only named by the guy talking to Loki and Thanos. Right. So it doesn't stand out as like you know a memorable element. So when they said Chitari, I was like. Oh, that's probably those aliens, but I have to go Google that. <laughs> yeah, which is basically the uh, what was the name of Marvel's the Ultimates version of the like the Scroll and the Kree or the Chitari. 
Oh, yeah, right. That's why they picked him for the Marvel Universe for whatever reason. So we find... Oh, go ahead. So we get, like, a Heroes-style episode intro, almost. Yeah, very Heroes... uh, Hero Landing. Yeah, no, I meant, like, the show Heroes, where this man... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's just a regular guy, he's just trying to be himself, and then suddenly he's like, I got powers, and now people know... And he has to save a cheerleader. Yeah, and people know about it. But then, and and I was sort of into that, I was sort of into his reaction, and they worked with his son as being present and unaware of his dad's abilities, and I was kind of curious. What they did did do well is they built a good bait, because I'm like... What, is this guy a character? I mean, is this a hero that I don't that I'm not placing yet? Yes, which he actually is. Uh, oh, is he on in the series? He becomes somebody. Okay, well, great. Uh, but I was like, I, I feel like this guy might be someone that I don't know yet. And then B, I'm like, he's got a son. I'm interested in what the dynamic is. Why is he broke? If he's a superhero, why isn't he coming out? It's now is the time. You know, I was I I, I was kind of into it, which is a good bit for your first five minutes. Something I did say that Gotham did not give me. What? You didn't like in the first five minutes that sweet scene where there's the holding cells inside of the bullpen for the police station? <laughs> we talked about that thoroughly. <laughs> what I didn't like is then we switch right after that good hook to this, like, like C-list James Bond sequence. Yeah, it felt like, uh, what was that movie called? Uh, Escaping Paris or something? The John Travolta movie where he was a spy? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's terrible. That's what it feels like. It did. And, and, and not only because it was just like almost like a throwback to that kind of cheesy Bond movie shit, which never really comes back. Like, that character isn't like that in the rest of this episode. Anyway. No, um, and not really in the rest of the series. <laughs> Uh, he actually turns out to be a bad guy. Spoilers, guy. But also in his headset, he's uh, in, in two sentences, whoever he's talking to says, abort package coordinates and we're blown. And I'm like, fuck off. Did you just open? <laughs> like, how can you write that in the script and not go, ooh, that's a little hammy? <laughs> oh, yeah. It is like literally like, give me ever. I'm surprised somebody wasn't like, you've got company, lock and load. Like, it's every cliche from action oh. films in the 80s. And they come in like rapid fire, like noticeably so. Like, like oh, it feels like the dude who like they show these cars drive up, the shield cars drive up. This guy gets out of his car for what reason? They never explain why they just drive up in the middle of Paris and park and then get out. But he feels like they told him he had forty eight seconds to get all of his lines done, or he wasn't getting paid. Like he yeah. he is just like flying through them as if he's just like I'm not even an actor. I'm the craft <laughs> service guy. They forgot to cast somebody for this. Someone gave me this rejected James Bond script, and I'm trying to uh, try to. I just happened to be a dude who had an Armani suit and that was just watching filming, and they're like, "Hey, you want to be in this?" <laughs> yeah, I'm just reading. I'm just reading. I'm just reading the screenplay for the abandoned James Bond movie, The Tin Bullet, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absurd. He basically is like, your cover's blown, the location of the package has been leaked, you know. They might as well have said, like, triangulated at that point. Uh-huh. And then there's, like, the cheesy line of, like, I, I wouldn't do, this job wouldn't be fun if it wasn't difficult or whatever. And it's just like, yeah. oh, it's so cliche. And then you lead into a not very exciting action scene. Yeah, it both bores me thematically, it bores me in action, and then the character, I'm like, well, I already don't care about you. I don't give a oh, shit. Oh, he's, he's the one thing about this show I just do not like. Yeah. Throughout the entire season, as his character changes, never like him. Don't like the actor. Don't like the character. I wish they would just write him out. <laughs> but yeah, so we inter- we're introduced to him. His name's something. I forget what it is. Wade? Does that sound like a thing? <laughs> it's something with a W. The confidence of a man who just watched this. I mean, I literally just watched this, guys. I stopped it and Ben was like, all right, let's do it. Uh, great, great we're introduced to him. He eventually goes back to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters where he meets with Mara Hill. 
uh, which is a bummer because she doesn't really appear in this series. She's in it a couple of times. Yeah, that was such a tease. I thought she was in it, and then I Googled and realized that she's totally not. No, and then it's like such a bummer because I was like, after this show like was like the second season, I thought, I was like, oh, she'll probably be in it all the time because that show she was on ended, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, right. And I was like, she's a she's a TV actress. I mean, they could probably get her for a reasonable fee. Nope, never in it again. So I was kind of bummed at that, because I was like, oh, why couldn't she be in it? I like her character, and I like the actress. So she's in it, though, and we're we're told by... Uh, she introduces that Coulson is, is still alive. Agent Coulson from Iron Man, Avengers, Captain America. Uh, well, not Captain America, because that takes place in the 40s. <laughs> but he's in most of the Marvel movies. Really funny. He's in Thor. He's back after being killed by Loki in the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say that he went to Tahiti, which is a magical place. And then it's implied that he can never know what actually happened. Yeah, it, it's all pretty lame because every single person, whether they're a comic book fan or they're just someone who caught the movie once and is watching this on their day off, is probably thinking that in that exact moment. Oh, it's that guy that died. Yeah, which they, I mean, I feel like they, they kind of address it and the show does eventually explain how he came back. Right, but. And it has all sorts of fucked up consequences. But it is very bizarre. But then again, I always found that them killing him in the Avengers was just lazy writing. A little bit, but it's you know he's 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 famously dead. Like people know him yeah. as it was a moment that upset people in the film in the theater. I remember people being like, "Oh no!" Like it it yeah, it, it had mean, weight. So when they come in and he's just like, "I'm back. It's a thing. Don't worry about it." I'm like, "No, I'm worrying about it. Bring me into it. I don't care if it's a hokey explanation. Give me something." But well, I, uh, the thing the thing I was bummed at is in the scene where he first walks out, he does like a little joke about how he was just standing in a dark corner because there's like a ball bat. And I was just like, oh, man, I really like Coulson. I'm bummed that he can never be in the he'll never be in the Marvel movies again because they're just apparently never going to tie them back in. Like nobody's ever going to find out he's still alive. Right. Which seems odd because, like I said, I mean, he's integral to S.H.I.E.L.D. throughout the series. I don't know how nobody else ever sees him. Right. So it's sort of weird. I, I like the actor. I like the character. So I was glad they brought him back. But it is very... And I I mean, the story goes on. This is a spoiler. If you're going to watch the show, don't listen. Then it's just ruined for you. Okay. Uh, they eventually find out that he had, uh, like, genes from an alien put into his body to bring him back to life. And then they had to do all this. I mean, there's, like, the stuff that happens is real dumb. There's, like, a scene of him being... Like, his brain being operated on. It's so bad, because it's, like, not good special effects. But they try to tie it all together, and all of this leads into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. slowly just becomes the Inhumans TV show. That's where they're at now. <laughs> That's pretty it turns cool. out that Sky is an Inhuman, and they meet the Inhumans, but none of the ones you know. It's really weird. They introduce them. There's no reference to Black Bolt or Medusa. It's very odd that they're just like, shh, they'll be in a movie. All right, don't don't waste the good characters now. <laughs> Here's guy who teleports. You're like, I think that's the role of a dog in the comic books. A lot, y'all. I feel bad for this dude that he's basically been relegated to just being the dog from a comic. But uh, uh, another yeah. element that they hype pretty early on in this episode is that Shield is sort of like a boogeyman to um, unregistered superhumans, basically. She, uh, what's her name? Sky comes to the uh, the main character. God damn it! These names. I, I gotta admit, the characters maybe not the most well defined because I can't remember any of their fucking names. And I watched. I know today. I'm still trying to remember so, that other guy's name, and I seriously just stopped watching this. 
But uh, Sky comes to Mac, the guy who's been showing superpowers in the opening sequence, and is like, you know, the men in black suits are going to come to you. And I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. You know, the superheroes, everyone loves them. They're, they'll let them, you know, roam around, do whatever. But, like, the government agents obviously are government agents. No one looks at those guys and says, yay, government agents. So, like, they're looked at negatively, even though they're the, you know, the heroes of this show. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, it doesn't turn into anything. <laughs> no, it is weird. Like the show, the early episode sets up as if shield is like this reviled, uh, like organization, but then it never really comes up. Yeah. You think it was going to be like a nefarious, like, like a gray area kind of organization where it's like, yeah, they're good, but here's the gray area that they have to deal with all the time. That's the kind of Nick Fury thing. He always shows up and says, Hey, superheroes, I know you're looking to do the good thing, but here's just the kind of not so good thing we have to do. And they never really pull that off. He's everyone's just kind of okay and good and fine. Thumbs up the whole episode. Yeah, it is. It's not great, but it has its moments, I guess. Maybe. I mean, I, overall, this is great. I mean, they introduce you to a cavalcade of like quirky characters. Like the beginning of the show is like just a series of like, ooh, who's that? You know, you meet Melinda May, who everybody knows is a super agent, but no one knows a lot about. Uh, but some for some reason works with Coulson. Uh, you've got Fitzsimmons, which are two British people who uh, are like bicker like their brother and sister. They're a little too Laurel, Laurel and Hardy for me, but they feel comic booky. They feel – I could see them like, yeah. drawn. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? They become less broad That's as the series goes on. Like they like their arguments become less like – where you're just like, wow, this is a really like thoroughly written bit that they're in the middle of, you know? Right. So um, they become less – and they also again become – everybody – I will say the show as they go on, these characters do actually become – like they come into their own – Still not – I'm not saying this is like a Daredevil-level show, but yeah, still way better. It can't than, uh, be on the channel that it's on. But a few last things that I want to sum up because we want to keep this one short. Um, something that I fucking love is when uh, when Sky is quote-unquote kidnapped by, by Mac, the guy with the superhero powers. Um, they're going through the train station, and she decides to create a diversion by kicking a cholo in the nuts. Hey, man. You know who's going to get pissed when they get kicked in the nuts? Cholo. But the thing is, those, th- those like, faux Latin, like, gang members look like what Latin gang members would have looked like in, like, the early 90s. They don't look accurate. Oh, they're, they're yeah. Hollywood cholos. It's ridiculous. They all, every, there's, like, eight of them. And every single one of them has the top button shirt, but only that button. Yeah, and like a bandana. And a bandana. And one of them probably said essay, and we just... All, yeah, all of them had bandanas, and they're all just standing in the train station? Like, where are they going? (laughs) Yeah, it does seem like an odd place for them to hang out. They're like, yo, man, we got to go meet our cousin at the train station. I'm not saying, like, gay members don't do stuff, but they they probably have their face. They're not taking the trains. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume at least one of them owns a car. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise... If they are getting on, like, a train, it's probably the subway... Not like a very luxurious train station, right? And I don't know where the fuck that train station is. They were they were comically absurd, and I laughed very hard at that. Also, this this episode takes place a, a good good portion of it takes place in rooms, like not action superhero stuff happening. It's a lot of interrogation rooms. Yeah, it's a lot of sets. A lot a lot of interrogation rooms. A lot of like like. 
uh, laboratories and not a lot of like exciting environmental pieces. No, um, even like the big climax is kind of cheesy. Yeah, it it is. It's 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 at least a, a break from that. And then there's a shitload of tech jargon, like a lot. Yeah. Like you could cut this episode to be a half hour, and you would not lose that much tech jargon that I did not. No, need. you could cut out a lot of stuff in this episode that is real pointless. Uh, do you want to do a quick rundown of other little things you wanted to bring up? Sure. Uh, the the man god like theme. Uh, you know, their gods were man. It's different. They're scary. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe don't fire it off a hundred times in your first episode. Like, just have a little nuance. That's a. <laughs> That's a theme that's played on in comic books a lot, but only after, like, you know, some building. Not, not every issue on every third page. Exactly. Which is my concern uh, with watching this show, is that every episode's going to try and end with a moment like that, and I'll be like, I'll get a little bored of that pretty quick. Uh, they get over it quick. Like I said, the, the first half of the first season is definitely, like, a formula that they then come back and they're like, I don't think this is working, because the show's ratings, like, plummeted in the first season. Yeah. Uh, the thing I liked was the inclusion of a bastardized version of the Spider-Man quote, because I guess they would have been sued had they used the whole thing. It was pretty amusing. It was a little weird. Um, I liked that it's got that sort of like – I kind of got the bit that it was going to be like a, a, a monster of the of the week episode, the way like uh, X-Files sort of used to run. Like there's a lot of great yeah. plot, but then we're going to focus on this character that we've discovered that we're going to kind of like, – uh, 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 open the envelope on. I'm into yeah, that. the stories that were actually enjoyable. I'm into that. I think that's the right way to explore the MCU. So I think this show. I keep talking about it like this is the first episode and we have never seen anything else. But for me, it is. So uh, I think this this feels like the right vehicle to continue to explore. And it must be because it's still going on, right? It's not canceled, is it? No, no. I, I don't believe it was canceled. It's four seasons in. It's doing it's doing fine. Yeah, it came Sorry. back. <laughs> uh, I, I did you notice that there was book from. Firefly. I uh, did. I, I did notice book. Uh, <laughs> I teared up a little. Well, there's a lot. Yeah, it was nice to see. This is a real Joss Whedon vehicle. It's got. Uh, oh, I can't remember the names, but two of the creators that worked on Dollhouse and uh, I think something else. But so it, it, it's it's the classic Whedon like family working together on this one. So I'm not surprised that it's at least competent. At least competent. Uh, I also enjoyed that they refer to a gun as the Night Night Gun. <laughs> yeah. dumbest dumbest name for anything ever and they call out that it's a dumb name but then continue to keep calling it that uh and lastly do not enjoy the weird flying car sequence at the end that felt so uh, hey you know what it would help would have helped sell that if they had saved any of the budget for any special effects yeah or just just not like I get that it's they, pointless. Pointless. Like I get, we we know what they're capable of. It's it's fine. I mean, it was it was definitely like supposed to be a nod and a wink to comic book fans because this the Nick Fury Agent of Sealed series. He had a car that could fly. Right. And that was supposed. But I'm like, who are you appealing to? Yeah. That's a. I mean, one. That's a niche in comic books to know about that. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's it, it's in current day comics. So I'm like, what a bizarre inclusion into the show and what a waste of like why put it in there it was definitely a weird and it looks real bad i agree <laughs> i thoroughly agree <laughs> all right i as i've said you can watch this on netflix i would if you're into it if you watch the first episode just watch it it's 40 minutes it's not like it's you're investigating a lot of time and if you enjoy it even a little it, it's not the worst show it's a good show if you like want to watch something while you're working out 
that you don't really have to pay attention to. I watch it a lot when I draw, like when I'm doing stuff for conventions. Yeah. I'll put it on because I don't need to pay – like I don't have to watch the screen to know what's going on. And as someone who's never seen anything but the first episode, I think I would say give it a shot. I'm into it. Yeah, it definitely it definitely gets better. Never gets great, but, you know. Hashtag – Hashtag it never gets great. That sounds like a real bummer message for people. That... <laughs> I feel like that's what people hashtag a lot of our episodes with. It's good. Never gets great. Never gets great. Uh, but speaking of which, this is a two for week for you because we'll be giving you this episode of the pilot. Pro- uh, the pilot. Oh, this uh, this this title's not going to work. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, it's a real tongue twister, the guys. Pilot project. But additionally, next week we'll be firing off with a full another full episode. Uh, covering uh, our school confidential with guest. So Which I did look, and the only place I, I it's not available on Netflix anymore, but you can rent it on Amazon. So I mean, get used to it, guys. We get we we covered a film that wasn't released in theaters that you only had to watch on like YouTube. So uh, what movie was that? Relax, the Fantastic Four movie. Oh yeah, I sort of blocked those out of my memory. <laughs> that month never happened in my life, Ben. So come back next week. We're going to cover Art School Confidential and get back on our regular schedule. Yes, and as usual, if you have comments or uh, anything to say about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you can drop them at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash NAOSpod, or tweet at NAOSpod, and we'll read them on the mini-episode in two weeks. Until then, we'll see you next week. I didn't have anything.